The opinions expressed in the following video are not in their entirety endorsed by this podcast. They are instead the focus of our discussion today. This is your content warning. What's a hill that you're willing to die on a thousand percent of the time? One, Jesus wasn't white. Two, Jesus wasn't a Christian. Three, Jesus wasn't a big fan of what people did with religion. Four, Jesus never wanted to be idolized and worshipped. Five, Jesus never called us to a church building. Hey everybody, and welcome back to your content warning, a Bible meets culture podcast where we get to break down uh, modern theology versus biblical contact, and it is conveniently packaged for you in like the hour, hour and a half range, because who has time to just go and listen to five hours worth of podcasts other than preachers, Joshua. Come on. That's what I know. <laughs> and and the know? thing about it is like, we're talking about videos that are, you know, 30 seconds to a minute right. long. So you know, we're getting an hour's worth of content out of 30 seconds. Right. I mean, it's pretty good. It's- Absolutely. And it's nuts though too, right? Because, you know, I hear people all the time. In fact, we, we did this a long time ago. Uh, we we did a podcast called 662 Roundtable. Had you on there several mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Uh, me and a buddy Caleb did that. And the first one we ever recorded was like three and a half hours long. And we just sat around and, and just talked nonsense. We talked college football. It was all sorts of stuff like that. And I, I'll never forget, I had an elder come to me and go, Nathan, I'm not listening to that. It's like, that's three and a half hours. It's like, I don't have well, three and a half hours. Problem. That's the problem though, because we got two preachers, and if we ever have a guest on, you've got right. three or four preachers. Right. And we know how to talk about something until we find something to say. Yeah. And that, that can be a problem, you know. That it, can be a problem. Be well, a problem. again, it just, it, to me, it talks to just the, I call it the attention span issue that we have in today's society. Like, I don't have three and a half hours. So, like, you scroll on Facebook for, I guarantee you, three and a half hours a day. You just don't do it all at once. Yeah. I was like, but with a podcast, you feel like you've got to do it all at once. Otherwise, you'll never finish. And, you know, I listen to podcasts in pieces, you know, passively while I'm working out or, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's it's definitely one of those things that I just it's it's interesting. You know, there are so misconceptions this, about how much time we really do and don't have. So yeah, it's so this always been. Thing. I had an app on my phone. Oh, that, don't even. Maybe maybe everybody does that. You can set it for like to time limit how long on your, oh, yeah. your, your different yeah, apps. Yeah. And I thought I set it for like a pretty long amount of time. I was like, I'll right. never hit that limit. Right. And then every day at like five o'clock. I got my Instagram notification. It was like, yeah, you've run out of time for today. You're done. And it would lock me out of Instagram. And what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, man, we don't, people don't realize it until you put a number next to it. People don't realize it. I think I I know it's with iPhone. I don't know about Android, but I know with iPhone, um, you can go, there's in your settings somewhere, you can go and it'll track your screen time. Like it does it automatically. It, it'll it'll do it automatically, and so you could go and you can look at exactly how long you've been on Facebook or Instagram or uh, a game that you play or whatever the case may be, and it'll break it down for you. And it's it, yeah. it's hysterical yeah. you know, how much time we spend. Depressing. It's it's yeah, it's hysterically depressing um, about how much time we spend, you know, looking at stuff like that. But we don't want to sit down for you know forty minutes and and listen to a podcast, you know. Which, well, we're thankful you, that the people listening to us now are doing just that. Oh, absolutely. You know, you can listen to this in 10 minute increments. Uh, I promise you, you're not going to miss anything life altering. And if you finish the podcast, right, you might miss something in that last 10 minutes if you don't finish it, but you got to finish it. 
at some point. But uh, speaking of of misconceptions, we have a new video to break down today, Joshua. I'm super yeah, excited, we do. man. Brand new video. Uh, not 100% sure what we're going to title this right now as we're recording this. Uh, but it's I'm thinking like five five Christian misconceptions. Um, and this is a, a woman who's, who's kind of broken this down. And some of these, to me, I just want to bang my head against the table because I'm like, have we not gotten past these things? And I'll go on that. That's right what here I thought. In a minute. Yeah, that's I, you what know, I thought I'll, when I was watching it. I'll go on a rant here in a minute about about a couple of these things. Uh, but there's there's a lot of truth in some of these things. And again, I think part of what we're going to talk about is I think rationally, a lot of people have a rationalization of, of some of these things. Um I don't know that that practically uh, or, you know, just from our day to day perspective that that's still how we think of things. You know, um, rationally, I know that, uh, you know, I shouldn't eat certain things, that they're not good for my health. Rationally, I know uh, that uh, I shouldn't drive over the speed limit or I might get a ticket. Yet in our day to day lives, we kind of ignore those rationalities. Right. Um, yeah. So I think that's kind of where some of this comes from. But I'm excited. Uh, you know, I don't really know anything about this particular uh, lady in this video. She has posted a few other popular videos. Uh, but unlike in past videos, I think this is kind of important to clarify. She's not, um, I guess what you would call a religious content creator. Right. Some of the guys that we've we've done with this podcast before have all been religious content creators this just happened to be a video of something that uh, maybe tweaked a nerve with her uh and she felt the need to to make a video like this but which is uh, crazy because you know when we when we review these uh content creators who do like religious content right you you see the impact that they have on their followers and there are thousands of people who follow these people that's why we do this podcast right but this is these are views that are coming from an individual who has been yeah. shaped in this way by something, maybe even by her own study or right. you know, her own perspective. And, and that's a little bit different. So we're, I keep that in mind as we yeah. approach this. But for sure. I, you know, well, I noticed too, she sounded kind of angry in that video. A little bit. That? And that's, yeah, she sounds a little bit angry. Almost like, again, Christian misconceptions, right? It's kind yeah. of the, some of the things, almost like she's had uh, some very negative personal run-ins with yeah. some of these ideologies. And I think a lot of people, and this is why I think it's important. Um, again, you know, this is, we all, we think everything we do is important, right? Because if we didn't, we wouldn't put it out there. And if we didn't, you, you all wouldn't listen. So we think it's important, but you know, she's not to say that preachers are abnormal, although you can make that argument. She's normal, right? She's right, a regular yeah. individual who's not out there with necessarily a, a spiritual vendetta, um, she's just talking about some of the things that she's found that, you know, seem to kind of aggravate her. Uh, and we're going to break down some of those things today. They are misconceptions that a lot of people might still have. Where do they come from? What do they do? And some of the things that quite frankly, we just need to work past and acknowledge and accept and move on and not worry about having some of these arguments that I, I feel like are probably abnormal. But at the same time, you look around in today's culture and you start to go, eh, you know, maybe there's more people out there that think this than, than I thought there were. Yeah. Um, but it's all really, really interesting. So there's five of them. Uh, you know, I promise you guys, this is not going to last for three hours. We could make it last for three hours. It's not going to last for three hours because some of these are relatively simple. Uh, we just want to, we just want to talk and have fun with you guys. Really? That's, that's it. That's all it is. So misconception number one, you ready? Drum roll. Jesus wasn't white. All right. Here's my rant, Joshua. You ready? Go ahead. I'm ready. Have have we not gotten past this idea that we think Jesus was this white guy? 
that has the long locks and the and the beard and like I feel like now again separating children take children out of the equation right you know seven eight years old every image you see of every coloring book of Jesus is a white guy I get it but have we not at some point looked at people and gone okay look if you've studied the Bible even semi critically for longer than five minutes you have to understand Jesus is not a white guy we know this it's it, it again, one of the things that wanted me to just bang my head against the wall, I thought, and I could be wrong, right? But I thought that this was something that we just kind of universally accepted. Now, rationally knowing it, and when you picture Jesus in your mind, two different things, right? Because our brains have kind of been wired, and this goes back a, a long, long, long ways, right? Really back to uh, the Italian Renaissance, this idea of Jesus being this this white guy, a lot of paintings that came out of that that started really having a spiritual focus, did this. And then uh, as Europe kind of spread around the world and then the Catholic Church kind of took it over and it just becomes this huge, big, long, rational thing. But yes, Jesus was not a white guy. Yeah. And, and the right, thing about it, no, you're, hey, good rant. <laughs> no, the thing about it, though, is I'm with you. Right. That's my same rant. Like, I think I think we have gotten past that religiously to say we know Jesus was a Middle Eastern Jewish, like from Judea, from the Palestinian region. Right. That kind of an ethnicity. The the Bible says that he had no, you know, form or uh, quality that we should look on him with any desire. Like he he was just a normal looking guy. Right, um, which was all by design, right? Like, I yes. mean, you've got to you've got to imagine that was all specifically by design because you look at the Old Testament and you've got guys like Solomon who were chosen specifically because of his appearance. Right, we're getting away from that, and so I don't, I don't. But know. get this on that same note: nothing is told to us in the Bible, in the New Testament right. at least, uh, of how Jesus looked. We don't know his hair color. We don't know his eye right. color. We don't know his his height. We don't know if he was fat or thin. We know nothing about the physical attributes of Jesus from the Gospels. Okay, the right. only thing you might could say is the prophecy in Isaiah that talks about he had no, you know, right. uh, desirable form that we should look on him or anything like that. Which what does that mean? You know, it, it just means he did he didn't look like the hero of the story. Right? right. So, but the thing about it is, the Bible only mentions physical characteristics when they matter. Right. Think about that. You know, we know David was young and ruddy and handsome. Why does that matter? Because all of his other brothers looked like kings, but he didn't. Saul looked like a king. He was head and shoulders above everybody else. Bathsheba was very beautiful. That tells you why David wanted to sleep with her. So the Bible only mentions physical attributes when they matter. Most of the time, the Bible says nothing about people's physical attributes. Um, But another thing, I think a bigger issue than perceiving Jesus as a white guy or as an American or as European or whatever. Right. Is the depiction of Jesus in media. Cause like I, I enjoy, I'm not going to say that I love, but I enjoy the TV show, the chosen. Yeah. It, it's good. Absolutely. It's a, it's a good TV show. Has its flaws, I'll, but it's I'll a good TV it. show. Yeah. yeah I'll endorse I, I will it. too. I will too. Um, but the guy who, or, or the, the, the speaking language of yeah. that show it's very proper, like accented, kind of a Britishized uh, English, right? right? Now we have to make it in English because that's what people watching the show speak. 
Right. Nobody, but, nobody would really want to watch it. The whole thing, like, uh, what was the the passion? Right. I, yeah. The passion was in a completely, completely different in language. Aramaic. Yeah. Um, and you had to you had to have the subtitles. And I think they understood that you know, the, being a movie is one thing. Being a whole TV series is, right. is another. But but the thing about it though is like, you watch the chosen, and you have the Jesus character saying to, you know, somebody along the side of the road, like, I am Jesus. Like, well, okay. Are you though? It's better but, than smiley Jesus. Oh, but yeah, but, but is that. is that the way Jesus would have said, or would he have just been like, "Hey, right, I'm Jesus," you know? Right. Like, well, it's how it's that do you whole, say things? But, but right, we've, we've holy fied. Right. Yes, the, it's that whole depiction of Jesus yeah. walked around with this aura about him, and you know, there's something to be said for that. Like people. The Bible tells us that when people heard him, they recognized that he had an authority that was beyond what yeah. you know leaders there had. It was just one. It's again, it's one. But of let those me contradict. So let me contradict myself. Yes, even, even though yes, those things Jesus are true. Philosopher. Yeah, even though <laughs> those things are true, are they necessary? And I would say yes. Not not depicting Jesus as a white person, but like how we've. How we've, him, how we've holified him? How, how we've, yeah, like the, the speaking patterns and the language and all of that. It's necessary for our depiction of Jesus. You know, we, we wouldn't portray Jesus as the backwoods redneck, you know, even though the Bible kind of depicts him that way. You know, he's from right. Nazareth and can anything good come from Nazareth and all that. Right. He's um, a carpenter. Yeah. But we wouldn't depict him that way. So, but, but this whole thing about Jesus being white or not being white i think anyone who takes religion and jesus seriously which you know that that's another thing in itself but anyone who takes it seriously would have to admit he was a man from the middle east we should yeah. understand him as such within his own socio-cultural context and I, i'm like you that's that's my rant like yeah. we're beyond that yeah I, I kind of agree. That's one of the you talk, I mentioned Smiley Jesus. There's a, a I think it's a Netflix series, or at least it was at one point. It was called The Gospel of John, and you could probably find mm-hmm. it outside of Netflix. But yeah, we had to watch that in a class, and we always called him Smiley Jesus because I mean, no matter what he was talking about, he was smiling the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like he could be talking about demons. He could be, and I'm like, no, I don't. I don't think Jesus was sitting there with people grieving, and you know, like Jesus wept, right? And yeah, that, yeah. in that moment, it's smiley Jesus. I, I don't. I don't get that. But yeah, I, I'm yeah. with you. It's it's a rant that I have. And again, uh, here's the other thing that that I think was something that uh, that definitely plays an impact in that is yeah, we know Jesus wasn't white, and not to say that we. I am here to say that we shouldn't, we, we should quit arguing this, right? We, we should, it, it's not, I'm, I'm, but I'm not saying that it doesn't matter because part of me believes that if more people had a conscious, rational thought about, okay, Jesus was not a middle-class white guy, it might very well change our perspectives on a lot of other things, right? Um, you know, if we could get past this mindset of Jesus was not this middle uh, middle-class white American citizen, it might cause us to view things or to treat people a little bit differently. Now, yep. I would also argue that a lot of the way that we treat people 
stems more from, <clears throat> excuse me, stems more from culture as opposed to whether or not we view Jesus as white or black or brown yeah. or, or orange. Um, but well, I do me, think that that's, that's a mentality that a lot of people have that I think could be broken up if we would think about things a little bit more rationally. Yeah. Well, let me say this before we move on uh, <clears throat> as far as the whole Jesus not being white thing. Right. Um, it, it's going to figure out how, like, how I want to say this. Oh, I love when these things happen because it's not yeah. going to come out the way you want it to. You'll think about it well, after we're done recording. You'll go, man, I should have phrased it this way. Well, well let me let me give my preacherness. Oh, the boy. best way to depict Jesus is the Old Testament and the Gospels. You want to know what Jesus was like? You want to know what Jesus looked like? How he acted? How he talked? Read the Old Testament and the prophecies that are that are prophetic about becoming Messiah, and read the Gospels. And see what Jesus did, because like you know, I grew up hearing the the whole Jesus of love and the smiley Jesus, right. like you talked about. And smiley then Jesus. once I re- once I got a master's degree, that's how long right. it took. I went back and read the Gospels for myself. Yeah. And Jesus, Jesus is an angry Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. <laughs> you know, he's not smiley Jesus. He's he's angry oh. Jesus. Well, he's, see, but here's action oriented Jesus. Yes, and that's that. Well, okay, and again, we don't have time for that, but that goes way back to the audience, right? The mm-hmm. audience that Mark was writing to never would have listened to Smiley Jesus. Yeah, they just wouldn't have. Uh, and again, that's that's a whole other podcast, a whole other study, yeah. something that we've kind of dabbled in. But yeah, you're you're right. Um, well, I think we can take the point and then move on to read the Bible the way the Bible wants to be read. And right. you know, the the Bible is set in its own historical context. Jesus yeah. was set in, in his own historical context. We can accept that and move on. Right. Um, the the issue becomes when you find people that disagree on how the Bible was supposed to be read. So anyway, there's so there, you could just you could turn anything into an argument. It's it's wonderful that we. Well, yeah, that's why we're here. Right. It's so much fun. Uh, but anyway, so Jesus wasn't why that's misconception. Number one. N- number two. This one I think is interesting because this is true and yet also misleading at the same time. Right. She says Jesus wasn't a Christian. And, you know, it, it can be kind of misleading, right? Because at first of all, you're like, you're right, right? Jesus grew up Jewish. Um, he grew up in a Jewish family. But when you start seeing the ministry of Jesus, he kind of starts to teach against a lot of Jewish law. Um, and Not the necessarily. Whole... So right, Je- so go... Jesus never teaches against Jewish law. What he does is he brings Jewish law to a heightened level. That's what he does in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. But okay. Jesus preaches against Jewish tradition. Okay, fair a enough. big difference yeah. between law and tradition. Now they right. might have understood tradition as law, right? Fair but enough. he preaches against the tradition and gets yeah. in trouble for it quite a bit. Well, we do the same thing today, right? We we yeah. have plenty of traditions that we that we hold on to as as something sure. that we treat as as law for like worship times, for example. Yeah. Lord have mercy. If you if you change my two songs of prayer, two songs in the sermon, the Lord's Supper, like we're we're going to throw a fit about that. But yeah, yeah. Um, he, he taught against a lot of Jewish teachers. Um, you know, he contradicted mm-hmm. uh, a lot because they were manipulating what was being said. But I still think that the point being there is just because Jesus grew up Jewish, he did still establish a different standard than what was there previous. That's kind of like what Paul talks about, right? He mm-hmm. He took away the separation of Jew and Gentile. Right. Like everybody mm-hmm. is is one in Christ. And so 
I think that's where it can be kind of misleading, right? Yeah. Yes. So again, here, rationally, rational versus uh, application, right? Yeah, yeah. We know Jesus grew up Jewish, but we're applying that new law, so to speak, yeah. to our own lives. So this is this is something that I love, like this this point, because Jesus was not a Christian. Like, fair enough. Jesus was a Jew, but he was the perfect Jew. Right. right? He was everything about him was perfect. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He never sinned. He never had to offer sacrifice because he never sinned. And then the sacrifice he did offer was himself. Right. As sin for the world. And and so what what we what well I'll say wait what Christians <laughs> run into the problem of doing it's the royal we, we yeah is we read Paul right and we read Romans and we read all the theology and then we go back to Jesus don't do that read Jesus then yeah. read Paul because what right. Paul does especially in Romans and Galatians is Paul tells you what Jesus did but he tells you why he did it. Right. That the Gospels don't necessarily flesh out in the way that they need to, and they're not supposed to. That's not why they were written. Right. That's why we have Paul. Well, so but, that's that's a whole other debate, right? Is Pauline theology versus the teachings of Christ? But here's another thing, and, and you may you may not agree with this, uh, or let's somebody go. listening. Me and Joshua hardly ever disagree. So let's, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, let's go. So Jesus wasn't a Jew. I mean, Jesus wasn't a Christian. He was a Jew. Okay, that's, just, that's, that's yeah. what I say. Let's fair enough. I do disagree. Um, <laughs> you're right. Well, I did too. I said it wrong. <laughs> so, but, but here's the thing. Here's the point. Yeah. Are there Jews in God's eyes today? And the book of Romans and the book of Ephesians would say that if you have faith, you are a child of Abraham and therefore sons of the promise. And so a child of Abraham is a Jew. There is no such thing as all these. My, my headphone fell out. I knew it was going ah, to. You're good. You're good. There's no such thing as all these different Christianities and different world religions. You either are the people of God or you're not. Right. The same was true in the Old Testament. The Jews were the people of God and the Gentiles weren't. In the New Testament, right. Jesus breaks down the dividing wall, uh, Ephesians 2, and there's now the people of God. And they're the sons of yeah. Abraham. You were Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised. So. What Jesus did, what was he didn't? Jesus never starts a new religion. What he does is he perfects and expands the people right. of God to be faith based. Yeah. So well, I think it's I, we. Yeah, we've kind of hijacked that, right? Like we take what Jesus yeah. does, which is kind of what we'll get to in the next point, which again I think is a, a misconception that I. I Anyway, it's a little bit misleading, but we'll talk about it here in a second. But yeah, we we are the ones that make you know distinction amongst ourselves. It's the same reason you know, yeah. you hear the term uh, different faith traditions, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, and and we make those distinctions about okay, well, I believe that if you're going to be the true people of God, you have to do this, 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 and this. And somebody else says, I believe you got to do this, 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 and this. I'm telling you, look, a Baptist, a Catholic, a Methodist, a Mormon, uh, a, a Calvinist, and you know somebody who goes to the Church of Christ, all of those people have a different path and what's funny is none of them believe that the other paths are what you're supposed to do right everybody knows that their path the way that we've made the distinction is the correct one mm-hmm. and at some point 
you've got to go, okay, well, what did Jesus say, right? What was, what was yep. the thing or what was the path? Um, and, and to me, like I said, we, we like to make those distinctions. And in fairness, it's largely just based on what makes us comfortable. Yeah. Most comfortable. What we see as an issue or what we see is not an issue. Um, and the more of those traditions, faith traditions, or or as you know, the modern term is more as so those denominations pop up, mm -hmm. they become more and more and more based upon, well, I really think that God wouldn't mind if. Um, that's a you dangerous know, statement to make. Right. Uh, but that's that's what we do. Right. Well, we're yeah. like, well, if God really is going to care about this, I just don't think that lines up with his character. All right. So I got to tell a story. Um, oh, I, I have, love story time. Yeah. Story time with Joshy. I may have yes. told this on the podcast before, but I don't remember. So forgive me if I have I a couple a couple of months ago. I was at the county clerk's office getting tags for a car and Ooh. they you you know, the new it, tags. Is, is it the new? No, blue it's tags? not the new tags. I wish those are. Slick. OK. I I was like, for, for for those for those of you that are listening in Tennessee, like Tennessee as a state is switching over to from from their old uh, kind of white and green tags to like a new blue with the Tennessee Tristar. It was anyway. awesome. All right, so I'm getting tags, and we're making small talk because I'm a preacher, and I because talk, why not? So, yeah, 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 right. I, I talk to everybody. So I'm, I'm making small talk to the lady at the counter, and inevitably, this is the danger of small talk as a preacher. People ask you what you do for a living. <laughs> And right, so, I love it. Have you ever? Sorry, I, I don't mean to derail. Have you ever been on a plane and asked that question? Been on a plane? Go for it. Yeah, you know I'm saying. Have you ever been on a plane and the person next to you asked you that question, and yeah, you, get you get to watch their responses. reaction? Yeah, <laughs> you either you either get oh my goodness, that's wonderful, and and then they start acting holier than thou, or you get absolute dead silence for the rest of the flight. Right. Yeah. But, but anyway, so anyway, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. So she asked me what I do for a living, and I said, "Well, I preach at a." local church in Murfreesboro. Yeah. And uh, she said, well, what denomination do you preach for? And I said, well, I don't preach for a denomination. She said, everyone's a part of a denomination. I said, no, I'm not part of a denomination. And she said, oh, so you're non-denominational. Right. That's and, the non-denominational denomination. <laughs> yeah. And I said, no, I'm not non-denominational either. I said, I preach at the Salem Creek Church of Christ. And she said, well, Church of Christ is a denomination. I said, well, let's think about that. How many, how many churches are in the New Testament? And uh, she said, seven. I said, really? That's very interesting. And she said, yeah, Revelation is a letter to the seven churches of Asia Minor. Of Asia, I said, yeah. okay, those are congregations in different places. Right. Let's, let's phrase it a different way. How many bodies of Christ are there in the New Testament? Right. And she thought about it for a minute. She said, well, there's only one body of Christ. I said, exactly. So can the body of Christ be divided? And she said, well, no. I said, great. What does the word denominate actually mean? Right. To denominate literally means to divide. So to call yourself yeah. a denomination means you have you are admitting and boasting in your division of the body of Christ. Right. And I didn't get as passionate as I am now, but I told her that. Well, yeah, and yeah, like I get that. The scales fell off her eyes, and we had a great conversation about that. Yeah. But, well, so like here's my thing, and this is again, I love I love it when we find something we disagree on, and I I agree with you. The only re I'm going to disagree with you, and the disagreement is a technicality. I believe that the Church of Christ, as mm -hmm. we treat it today. Mm -hmm. 
we've denominationalized it. No, I'm in agreement with you on that. Okay, as I was say, I think that the way we treat it today, we've actually de like we've denominationalized it because every and again, we denominationalize things really based on what the church science is. I yep. mean, honestly, yep, um, I agree 100. I, I have wondered. It's a whole other rant. <laughs> I have wondered a thousand times what it would be like or what the reaction of other congregations of Churches of Christ in Murfreesboro would be if we changed our sign to just say the Christians at Salem Creek or you would, see, and here's Salem the problem. Creek Church or something like that. We would yeah. be disfellowshipped. Seriously. Exactly. That's, and oh, okay. and I hope so that's, that people in this area are listening to this podcast and hear this. Come at me. For real. So this is my biggest pet peeve with I love that. y'all, but come at me. I know. It's my biggest pet peeve with that because that's the problem. And again, this gets way far away from Jesus being just here. We'll we'll use this as a segue into the next thing, sure. right? All right. So the next point that she makes is Jesus was never a fan of what people did with religion. Guess what? He's still not a fan of what people do with religion. And that's part of the problem. Part of the problem is, is if you are going to change the sign out in front of your building to the Christians that meet at other churches in the area would view that as a, well, that's not theological, that's not scriptural, that's not, that's just horrible. And they would completely disassociate. I don't like the mm-hmm. word disfellowship because I don't know that's a, a, a yeah, a, I, I, I get it. I, anyway, they would disassociate with you completely yep. over nothing. Yeah. And that's a problem that the church had. Again, look, I'm getting all, look, I'm just, just a podcast of rants today. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, but so, that's the problem, right? So Jesus, Still, in my opinion, and only my opinion, when you look at what people have done with religion, when you look at what people have used religion to justify, I'm convinced that Jesus still, as a collective, right, is not happy or is not a fan of what people have done with religion. However, the misleading part of this is to ignore religion or ignore the teachings of Jesus is not the answer to, well, Jesus was not a big fan of what people did with religion. Okay, so fine. But that doesn't mean that we should just give up on religion or give up on yep. Jesus. Right. And yep. that's, and again, that could be a dangerous concept too, right? Because right now in, in America, at least you're seeing a massive trend of people who are considering themselves, uh, I guess the word is spiritual, but not religious. Meaning that they're holding on to religion, but they're getting rid of the church as a as an yep. organization. Um, and so there's again, there's some problems there. They're, they're yeah. holding on to a fundamental idea or an ideology and getting rid of the institution. Yeah. But the problem with that is Jesus came to form an institution that he calls yeah. the church. And, you know, you see that starting in Acts two yeah. and and carried on even so, today. But yeah. Jesus's problem, see, I, I kind of differ with this point because Jesus' problem wasn't with religion because God formed religion. His right. problem was what people did and how people interpreted religion. When yeah. Jesus talks to the Pharisees, he calls them hypocrites. That's not a knock against religion. It's a knock against what they were doing Yeah, it's with the way religion. that it's practiced. Yeah, it's the way, that yeah, it's, the way practiced. it's practiced. Yeah. yeah. So, and I agree with that. Jesus, and again, there's so many like, I mean, I guess a like cliche sayings or whatever, yeah. but like one of the things that pops up pretty regularly is, uh, you know, uh, oh, what was it? There was something that said, oh yeah, don't, don't let man mess up your image of Jesus. 
Mm -hmm. Right. That's this idea. And I think for a very, very long time, this is another conversation that I've had with people before is for a very, very, very long time. People wanted scripture without theology, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, I think you're seeing a trend of people want theology without scripture. Um, And I think that that could definitely be an issue. But again, a lot of that people wanting theology without scripture goes back to the same thing that just had a problem with people not practicing correctly. Um, the the religion well, or or whatever the the so commandments go, that were in place go back to what we said about the church sign what my heart defi- rate's gonna be up today man it's ridiculous tell me about it what <laughs> defines you as a christian is it the fact that you go to a church that has the church sign that says what it says and that right. you're there sunday morning sunday night wednesday night or is it jesus christ's name written on your heart right that's what matters. That's what. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they had the title. They were Jews. Right. They were leaders. They were law keepers and law knowers, but they didn't have the law written on their hearts. They had the law written right. on their minds, right. but not on their hearts. Well, see, and here's the big problem. I say problem. Here, here's the big thing that, again, people keep messing up, right? Because you've got two sides of this, right? You've got the Jesus is written on my heart doesn't matter what I do. The other side of that is, well, if Jesus is truly written on your heart, you'll worship with this group or that group or, and it, you know, fill in yeah. the blank of whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, you well, know, I am I've, by no means a universalist. Well, yeah. You know, yeah I don't yeah. believe that everyone who claims to be a Christian actually is a Christian. Right. Uh, and I don't believe, and that's true, especially of to use these terms, our faith tradition, you know, there's a lot right. of people who worship at congregations that have the same name on the sign that we have that right. proclaim to be a Christian that I hope not, aren't, but, but, but aren't, you know, right. they're just not. I understand. I understand completely. Um, and I, I'm with you, you know, this idea that uh, everybody uh, is going to be saved regardless of, of what they do and how they live to me is just not true. And I don't think there's any Bible to back that up whatsoever. Now, there um, are some issues that we have made issues that shouldn't be issues. For example, right. Wednesday night Bible study. Well, what what if we changed here at Salem try Creek moving, where, like, where we did it on try moving it. Yeah, it's like try moving it to a Tuesday. See how that, tell me how that goes over. Yeah. You know, um, there are Actually, a lot of people who would think that was weird. I don't think that we would be disassociated from anybody, but I think Right. There's a lot of people who think that was weird. Well, uh, and so think of it in a in a cultural context. And again, I don't necessarily like when people try to hijack cultural context, but I did a sermon one time about things that actually divided congregations, mm-hmm. like legitimately things that actually divided congregations. And there were things like the preacher wanted to give grades in Bible class. Uh, he wanted to start a new curriculum where he gave grades to people in Bible class to, to mark their progress. There were some uh, along the lines of, you know, carpet color, pew color, service times. But you go back long enough and churches were divided over things like whether or not to have songbooks, whether or not to have PowerPoint, whether or not to put air conditioning in the buildings. One church I actually read of split. No joke. This is an actual thing. One congregation split because they decided they were going to paint all their windows shut so that the men could not spit dip out the window in the middle of church. Actually had a car. So, you know, some of these things I just don't understand. But again, going back to your point, things that we make issues that should not be issues. It shows the frailty of humanity. God has given us the instructions 
we need to be humble enough to follow them in what they say and how they say. Right. And, you know, little things like that. You know, we'll get to point number five eventually. That's my yeah. – that'll be my rant. You can there you go. All right, really cool. I'm a, I'm excited. Well, I don't really have. I don't think I necessarily have a rant for number number three was yeah. a big one for me um, because right, again, cool. I, I still don't think that there's necessarily uh, the answer is not well. Let's just give up religion or let's just yeah. give up Jesus, right? Because he wasn't a fan of what we did. But I do think there is some like again the, the cliches that you say like uh, there was one that that pops up on Facebook all the time that says you know if the church hurt you that was humanity not Jesus, mm-hmm. um, and I think that everybody looks at that and they go well yeah but it was humanity claiming Jesus I'm like but it was still humanity and I think yeah. a lot of times we have a really especially for people that maybe get vulnerable or get like really uh, pressured or harassed or whatever in a religious context I think a lot of people and to some point, rightfully so, have a really hard time seeing the humanity or seeing Jesus past the humanity that we, quite frankly, mess but up. Here's, but here's uh, the fundamental, let me say one more thing while you move on. Yeah, go, 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 go. Here's <clears throat> the fundamental problem with people and their judgment and acceptance or rejection of religion. You cannot, you cannot judge a philosophy based on the failures of those to uphold it. Yeah. So people will look at like Christianity, for example, and anytime somebody is against Christianity, they will always use the Crusades as an example. Right. The Crusades were a terrible thing that should not have happened in the name of Christianity, but it did. But that was an improper practice of Christianity, as you see it in the New Testament. You cannot judge a philosophy based on the misuse of that philosophy. You know, and like, so we don't, excuse me, we don't apply that to anything else, right? And so for those of you that maybe don't know what the Crusades are, this would be like, this would be like saying that diet and exercise isn't actually going to help me lose weight or be healthy based on the guy who's never been able to stick to a diet or an exercise program, right? This idea that, yeah, no. It is widely accepted that diet and exercise will lead to a healthier whatever, stronger heart, stronger lungs, losing a little bit of weight. But you can't judge that philosophy based on the guy who refuses to jog or, you know, lift a small amount of weight. So, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. For sure. So there you go. There's your first three. Number four, this is the fourth misconception that she lays out. And this one I think is kind of interesting um, because I think this one is probably either the biggest misconception or the one that we we skew the most. This is the she one just, that I, I would say she's very wrong about. Right. Okay. The so other this ones is, I can see, this one yeah. I think she's wrong. Well, okay. So this is, and I kind of wrote down here because I'm curious. I, I feel like I could see where somebody would get this, right? So mm-hmm. Jesus never wanted, this is the fourth, Jesus never wanted to be idolized and worshipped. And when you read some parts of Scripture, I can understand where somebody might have this take, right? When Jesus says things like, why do you call me good, right? Why do you call me good? There's nobody good except for the Father who's in heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When you look at uh, the way Peter tried to protect him in the garden and Jesus tells him, no, don't do that. Uh, the whole lifestyle that Jesus lived was of humility and sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can understand where somebody might have this particular take, but at the same time, the whole New Testament is filled with this idea of praising God. 
So let's let's pause and talk about the two instances that you brought up because people will read that and take it out of context. Right. So the first with the rich young ruler <clears throat> about yeah. you know uh, why do you call me good? There's no right. good but God alone. We read that as an attack on the rich young ruler for saying good teacher. Okay. Right. He comes up to Jesus and says, good teacher. Jesus says, why do you call me good? Well, what if we reemphasized how we read that question? What if instead of, why do you call me good? Jesus says, why do you call me good? Yeah. And the emphasis is there is none good but God alone. But what's Jesus doing in asking that question? He's identifying himself with God. Right. He never he never rebukes the rich young ruler for calling him good. Right. He just makes the connection between <clears throat> him and God. Now the yeah, second one that you the second one that you brought up of Jesus and Peter in the right. garden. You know, Peter steps in, draws a sword, cuts off the ear of Malchus, and Jesus says no, and he heals Malchus's ear and all that. Right. The time had come for yeah. Jesus to be crucified. It has nothing to do with him not wanting Peter to fight for him. It has nothing to do with him, you know, wanting Man. to be abused and arrested and all that. Well, and so there's there's a difference there too, though, right? Because Peter's trying to protect somebody that doesn't need protection. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But there are other uh, instances. This is why it's confusing to me, because there are other instances. I wrote two down uh, in particular yeah. where Jesus is worshipped and he accepts the worship. Right. So. That, that's why I say I think this is the point where she's wrong. Now, I do think if there's an element of truth, and there usually is, in right. what she's saying, the element of truth is Jesus, I don't think, wanted to be treated like a celebrity. I don't think Jesus wanted you know, people to come up to him. And uh, I don't think, well, I don't think that Jesus wanted to live in a mansion and right. have the best food and <clears throat> you know, be idolized in that way. Right. But... You know, Matthew fourteen thirty three. Jesus walks on water. He comes back to the boat. What do you read about the, the about the disciples? They worship him. That's literally right. what the text says. They worship him. Uh, one other is John nine thirty eight. Jesus heals a blind man, and the blind man worships him. Um, yeah. So there's two accounts from two different gospels of people worshiping yeah. Jesus, and there's a lot to be said too for when G when people approach Jesus. Uh, wanting him to to do a miracle or heal or something right. like that, they usually do so from a kneeling posture. Yeah. Now that's not necessarily worship in its entirety, but it right, is a posture it, of worship. Right. Right. The that's posture a, a of, of reverence. Of, uh, right. Reverence. Yeah, that's a good word. So. Yeah. That, and I get that. Well, and so that's that's the other part that again kind of goes into this concept is how many times in scripture did Jesus either one refuse to do a miracle because he wasn't somebody's trained monkey or two did a miracle and then specifically told somebody don't say anything about this. Mm -hmm. And again, kind of a different context, right? But right. you know, it's, it's one of those things. Now, when, when I, the shred of truth that I think that I think kind of applies to today when it says Jesus never wanted to be idolized. Um, because I think we use this term to kind of be like any, when we use the term idolized or idol, I think a lot of times what we do is we just use that as here's a thing, whether it's a behavior, a habit, uh, an, a physical thing, a time or whatever. Here's the thing that we've used to replace Jesus. Mm -hmm. When I think she's being truthful and when, when I hear this and says, Jesus never wanted to be idolized, I don't know 
that Jesus ever wanted to be used as a justification for ungodly behavior. Even yeah, if we I would feed, say no. even yeah, so that's that's what I take when I see that Jesus never wanted to be now. I think there's a separate between idolized and worshipped, mm-hmm. right? I think those two things are separate. Um, I think that the Bible is very clear about praising God and why we need to praise God. Not because God needs the praise, but honestly, because we do. Um, we need to be able to praise God. And when you think about what God has done for you, you have to ask the question, well, why wouldn't you want to praise him? When you really put into perspective what God has done for you. But the idea of, I think Jesus never wanted to be idolized, I think was... I think is more of a of Jesus never wanted to be used as a justification as for for somebody's actions. Uh, it, it's especially, odd, especially sorry, really? especially especially ones that you know. Again, going back to the last one, especially those that that Jesus was not would not have approved of, but we use him as our justification as to why we do so. It's odd to apply principles to one member of the Godhead and not to others, right? So. I don't want to get into a discussion of the Godhead, well, but exactly, and it, I think it, that part of the confusion of this comes from that, right? Having no. the three separate entities of, of well, the Godhead, well, let me let me put it basically: the the Father, Son, can, and Spirit are. So you can do that. I'm going to try. <laughs> the Father, Son, and Spirit are the same in essence and different in function or different yeah. in role. So, right. but what you attribute to one, you have to attribute to all. So one of the attributes of God, the Father, is that he is worthy of worship. Right. Throughout the New Testament, well, in the Old Testament, God the Father is worshipped. Mm-hmm. God the Son is worshipped in his earthly ministry and in the letters of Paul post-earthly ministry. Yeah. And the Spirit is also worthy of worship. And right. there are some scant references in uh, some of Paul's letters that talk about worshiping it's either through the spirit or to the spirit there's a debate on translation i think it's to the spirit um but i've been wrong before well you know but but anyways all three of them are worthy of worship and when we come to worship god on the lord's day we're not just worshiping god the father we are worshiping collectively god which is a collective singular right so for whatever that's worth, yeah, you know, that's part yeah. of it. Well, so, 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 I think that's probably one of the ones that can be, because of the Godhead aspect, I think that's probably one of the ones that can be the most confusing. But yeah. I do think it's important to separate idolize versus worship um, mm-hmm. because I just, I think that's an important distinction. All right. So those are your top four, right? Were you going to say something else? You can come Not me really. It's okay. All right, number that was that was one through four. Uh, You already heard Joshua say it. This is his rant. Number five, and this one's going to be heated because this has been the topic of conversation for two years now. Uh, Jesus never called us to a church building. Ready, go. Church building wasn't a thing until the Catholics made it a thing with their cathedrals. It. A church building does not at all exist or appear in the New Testament. You don't have it. It's not there. Okay? That said, what you do have is a collective gathering of people who come together in Jesus Christ to worship Jesus Christ, to study about him, to learn and and to live according to that purpose. That's what you have. The church, the term church, never, ever, ever in Scripture refers to a building. It refers to a collective group of people. It's it literally it's the assembly, okay? Yeah, 
uh, so it's the same word in Greek that's used for a calling out of the Senate when the Senate has a meeting. We're having an assembly. Right. Okay, so that's what it is. How you do that is not necessarily important as long right. as the assembly is there. Now, right. church buildings have a purpose. They're functional. We, right. I'm sitting in one right now. You know, you Go are on. too. They're, right. Yeah, they're, they're great. They have a purpose. You don't have to have a church building to right. be a, a Christian. What you have to have is a church. Right. You have to have a collective group of people. I get it. Josh. So Joshua is that preacher that if you come up to him and go, hey, how was church this morning? He'll go, I'm great. How are you? Uh, and then he'll, <laughs> then he'll specify worship was great this morning with all, you know, and that's that, you know, no, Joshua's just that, I, he's that kind of preacher. <laughs> I, I know people like that. And <laughs> is that annoying to you when somebody does that? No, I'm I'm just I, I know how language works, and we right. interpret church to right. be you know the worship service on Sunday morning at the building, and, and so I'm yep. fine with that. But yeah, no, I know. understand that completely. So, but I also but, believe because I'm a language nerd that defining your words matters. Right, hundred percent true. Well, and so that's one of the things too, and this is. So this is a faith tradition sidebar, right? This is a faith tradition aspect. Somebody asked me, "Hey, you're the pastor at so and so, right?" I'm like, "Yeah." Because I know that they mean they you mean preach. Yeah. Right. You preach at this place. Yes. Now, not a podcast to debate the biblical definition of what a pastor is or a presbyter or whatever the case may be. Yep. But yeah, it's it's one of those type language things. Now, this idea of Jesus never cost a church. I actually did a little bit of research on this. Ready, Joshua? So I'm going to drop go. some knowledge on you. Do it. Um, according to historians, the earliest physical structure that the church collectively met in, that was a designated spot for the church, quote unquote, mm -hmm. right? Outside of people's homes, dates back to somewhere between 200 and 300 uh, AD, right? Okay. However, church buildings as we know them did not begin to exist until really the 11th century during medieval times when cathedrals would start to be. And then from the 11th century to now, this has legitimately been, I'm trying to think of a not crude way to say this, but this has legitimately just been a who can do it better contest. Mm -hmm. Who can one up me? So, and, and everything that the church did from the 11th century on was about how big we can make it, how ornamental we can make it, how elaborate we can make it. And it was showing off specific architecture of the present age, whether it was medieval times or Gothic times and so on and so forth, even to today. And we've lost a little bit of that, which I think is a good thing, right? We've lost a little bit of that emphasis because now you see churches that meet in strip malls, churches that meet in airport sure. hangars, churches that meet it wherever. So you've lost a little bit of that emphasis. But yeah, like mm -hmm. you were saying, the, the church building, that we know of today when it comes to like the steeple and the cathedral and the big, nice, holy space, if you, if you can use that term loosely, mm -hmm. um, was well, not a thing until the, like the 11th to 13th centuries. Well, let me contradict um, myself again. Yes. So what, what we just said was true, but the early church in, in the book of Acts and, and in the New Testament, if they were a Gentile, a predominantly Gentile church, they met in homes like Philemon, right. for example. Phil the, the church at Colossae met in Philemon's home. That's Philemon right. one and two. So, but when James writes, which James mm -hmm. I think is the first letter of the New Testament to be written, right? Um, when James writes very very early, when he the the word that's translated church in our like so someone walks into your 
assembly right. or your, your church in chapter right. two, the word there is literally synagogue. Yeah. So where did the early Christians meet? Well, when Paul would evangelize, he started in the synagogue and he would convert those people and they would continue to meet in the synagogue. The synagogue was the early church building, basically. Right. Right. So and the synagogue, you never find it in the Old Testament. Never. Right. It's an intertestamental construction. So people right. could worship without having to go to the temple. Yeah, from like the book of Mac- Maccabees? Is it Maccabees where that appears first? I don't know where it appears first, but the book of Maccabees is an intertestamental book. Right. But I don't I know thought, that yeah. that's where it first appears, the synagogue. Okay. Um, okay. I thought it was, but I could but, be wrong. Well, it, it, may, it may well be. I, I say I could be wrong about that too. I don't. Yeah. I am not an intertestamental period scholar. Don't, well, do me not either. Hold me, do not hold me to but, that. Well, my point is that you know, uh, we were never called to a church building. No, right. but we were called to always have collective worship. Right. Collective we were called to an assembly. And so that's, yes. that's where this has been. And anybody that has not lived, even if you've lived under a rock, you have heard about this, right? This yes. has been the big, 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 massive debate over the last two years is what constitutes the assembly and worship, right? And there's been a lot uh, I told somebody this the other day, it's our youth minister. I told our youth minister this. I said, if nothing else, which I think there's a lot of things that have come good from COVID, but if nothing else, if literally nothing else, COVID made everybody take a very critical look of, what was it, Hebrews what? Ah, I'm blanking. I knew as soon as I knew I was going to reference it, of the verse in Hebrews that says, not forsaking the assembly, right? Yeah, I think it's Hebrews 10. Everybody, Everybody took a a. I think it's 1025. Yeah, Don't, I think again, you're right. Go, go look that up. But everybody, everybody, regardless of what you believe before and now, everybody took a very critical, maybe overly critical look at that passage, yep. um, which I think I is a good say, thing. Because I would say that would in John 4 uh, yes. without worshiping in spirit and in truth. Right. And I think that, that those two things, and then the where two or more are gathered in my name, right? Now that, that's those, a pet peeve of mine. Don't, that yeah, verse has nothing to do with corporate <laughs> worship. It has everything to do about addressing someone who sinned against you. I knew I was going to get something started on that, but yes, no, I I, I, I agree and I understand. But you know, and I think a lot of people again, I think a lot of people came to a realization that oh, maybe I haven't been using that verse correctly. Um, but yeah, those two verses, everybody took a very overly critical look because that's been the big topic, right? That was the well, no, we can't we can't shut down church for for COVID because. Or we can shut down be, church. We're not going to be worshiping. We're going to, we are shutting down the church building. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. what we did. Nobody shut down. Now, some of, don't misunderstand, some of the church may shut the, may have shut themselves down during COVID. Some of the church may have shut themselves down during COVID. Yeah, but the more building, than we care to admit. Exactly. But the building is what closed. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, you know, modern technology being what it is, I think everybody found a collective way to be together. Um, yep. And I think that it still is a thing. Now, as much as Jesus, and again, I'm, I'm with you, Jesus never called us to a building, but he did call us to an assembly. Mm-hmm. What I don't want to happen, and again, this is not this is not anything, any sort of indictment against what people did or did not do in sort of COVID. What I don't want to happen, though, is the last two years to de-emphasize the importance of assembling yep. and physically assembling at that. Yes, I um, agree. There's so, and again, that's that's a whole nother rant that we could get on. There's so, so much importance 
Um, even though she's correct, even though she's correct, Jesus never called us to a church building. There is so much importance and benefit into being able to physically assemble together. Um, and so that, that is such a, a big, big thing. And, you know, it, it provides so much opportunity and, and growth and nurture. Well, so, I've said this in sermons a lot before, um, God, God never designed Christianity to be done by yourself. Not at all. Never. It's always a, a collective thing. You can't. I'm convinced you can't do it. Well, Paul says you, you can't, can't do it because you can't it, live. You can't live a fulfilled Christian life by yeah. yourself. Well, think about First Corinthians. Um, uh, oh goodness, what's the the love chapter? First Corinthians thirteen. 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 So okay, twelve. The one that's 13. taken. The one that's taken out of context all the time. Exactly. So it's, it's our 12, wedding. It's our wedding verse. Twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. Yeah, is all about spiritual gifts. And Ephesians talks about it. Romans talks about it. But everything about the spiritual gift says you are part of the body, the one body. Right. You're only a part and you have a specific part. You might be the big toe. You might be the elbow. You might be. Sometimes I feel like the small intestine, you know, but you're part of the body and you have a function in that. If you take the big toe or the elbow or the small intestine and you throw it outside the body, Right. It has no function. It has no purpose, and it will right. shrivel up and die. Absolutely, and it will kill the rest of the body. Right. If so, it's left unchecked, and I, I've used that illustration before. See, because here's, here, and again, we're we're getting into another little rant and pet peeve, and we'll we'll wrap this up in a second. But one of my biggest things is, if your hand was numb for three days and you thought something was wrong with it, you would go get it checked out. Yeah. You would do everything in your ability to save that hand, especially if it was your dominant hand, because you see the value in that. But when somebody from the church goes numb for a couple of years, we don't feel the need to reach out. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. That's another problem for another podcast. But man, uh, there you go. Five misconceptions or maybe slightly misleading thoughts, but things that, again, are true things that I, I feel like, again, that we should have figured out by now. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one, especially like, you know, I oh, ranted yeah. on the first, I ranted on the first one. Uh, you know, the last one, again, is a big one. For some reason or another, we can't. And again, partially it's because of the way we use language and the way society dictates that we do things. But some things that I feel like we should have figured out, but good things to talk about nonetheless. Well, I'll say this on the last point before we officially wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Church buildings are not a bad thing. Uh, no. Use we should use our church buildings the way that we use a toolbox. You know, yeah. a, a church building is is nothing more than a tool. It's a hammer and nails for outreach. You can you can feed the hungry in your church building. You can close the close the homeless. You can build up your own group by having devotionals and events right. and things like that. Right. It, it is it is a it is a tool in the tool belt. Hundred percent. You know, the church. Right. Is always the people. Absolutely. So it's, well, not, that's, it's not what your building does for you. It's what you do with your building. Right. Well, and I've said that for years. I was like, you have to remember at some point, every, everything, again, this goes back to like every point we've talked about. At some point in history, I guarantee at some point in history, a church divided, a body divided over whether or not they were going to go meet in a church building. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, but man, I have enjoyed this, Joshua. So fun fact, Joshua and I in a few weeks are actually going to go on vacation together with our wives. Super, super looking forward to that. Yeah, man. uh, But these are still going to go. Just because we're on vacation doesn't mean we're taking a month off. This one is going to drop. I guess this one's going to drop in February, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, And then we'll record February 1. For those of you that are, are paying attention and know that this is, of course, if it's, if you're listening to this, it's already February 1. 
So telling you that it's going to drop at that point probably isn't doing anybody any good, but there will be another one that drops on March the 1st. We have no idea what the topic is at this particular moment. We haven't picked it yet, but we will, and it will be fantastic. Yeah. Um, of course. Because they they all are. So, uh, But anyway, Joshua, it was fantastic and great, as always, to get to sit down with you and talk about some of this stuff. Um, if you're ever in the Middle Tennessee, Murfreesboro area, right, they can come find Joshua at the Salem Tr- Creek Church of Christ off of, was it New Salem Highway? New Salem Highway, yes, sir. New Salem Highway. He is there every day from like 8 a.m. to 2, uh, something along those lines. If you're ever in, there you go, if you're ever in the West Tennessee area, specifically O'Brien County or Troy, you can come find me at the Troy Church of Christ. Either one of us would love to have you hang out and worship with us if you're traveling. By all means, just come say hi. We're relatively uh, friendly people. Um, most, For the most, most part. preachers, yeah. yeah, most preachers are. I'm not saying all, but most preachers uh, are are relatively friendly people. But anyway, uh, man, it has been great. Anybody you want to give a shout out to before we leave? Ah, oh, good grief! Put me on the spot. I I, like I'm, I'm just saying. I, I'm at the Grammys, my, my, like thinking of who all I need to thank. Right, so my son's birthday is Friday. I'm super oh, excited. He turns I two. Forgot about that. He won't listen to this podcast, but happy birthday to my kid because he was I just so talk close. About him he was so close to being born on my birthday. <laughs> yeah, he was due. He was due February fourth officially. Yeah. Like when, my, is when mine he was is, officially mine February due, the second. So. I was like, I know yours is coming up. Uh, I'm very disappointed that it won't be Super Bowl Sunday on your birthday, but we will oh, still get yeah, to hang no. out on Super Bowl. We'll still get to hang out on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, because of, because of our trip. I know, right? I told Chelsea, I was like, it is non-negotiable that as we head down to, to Florida, we're stopping for pizza and wings. And yep. that's something that me and Joshua understand, but that's it's going to happen. So, um, But guys, until next time, if you think of anything you want to talk about on here, if you've got, uh, if you want to be on the podcast, by all means, reach out and just be like, hey, I would love to sit in with you guys and talk about some stuff. We would love to have you. Yeah. Um, we're not that picky. Uh, you have to pass a federal background check and urine test. Uh, I'm, just kidding. That, you have that to is, you have to be willing to be disagreeable. Yeah, absolutely. That's the only respectfully disagreeable. Um, there's another rant that I won't get into about the word tolerance and how tolerance literally means respectful disagreement, but we won't get into that at all today. Anyway, guys, uh, it has been a blast. Joshua, until next time, uh, love you. Love you guys listening. God does too. And, uh, you know, we'll see you next time.